And you're very, very welcome back to episode 17 of the Women's National League podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. My name is Brefney Early and joining me once again is Aaron Clark. You're very welcome back to the show, Aaron. Good evening, Brefney. Looking forward to it. Another week and what a week it's been. Of course, cup action over the weekend. One no-show. We'll talk a bit more about that later on in the programme. But uh, a couple of really, really good uh, cup clashes with all of the drama that comes out of it. And then, unfortunately... A few one-sided games with some of the non-league sides, uh, the qualifiers to the Intermediate Cup. We'll talk about the, the standards maybe in the game as well, Aaron, later on in the show. But uh, first of all, add any games over the weekend? What's your thoughts? Did you get to, get to catch any of them? Yeah, I was, I was at Sligo and I was at Boss. I was at Gawain and Bowes, the, the contentious one where we had the, the penalty decision. Um, flew, I flew back from the UK on, on Saturday morning, so I, I scooted my local. Um, wasn't the best of games, you know, it was a... Bit of a jury affair, bit of a jury affair. God, we had some good chances. Bowes tried to tried to push, but just couldn't push on in the final third. And sort of when it came to extra time, you could see the legs on both sides starting to, to pull up a little bit. And as we talk about the contentious penalty that ended up winning the game, Farrakh Burke will join us later. Yeah. It was, you know, it was one of them games that you were sort of I hate to say this, but nearly looking for the final whistle to come when 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 extra time ended. Um. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't great, but compared to the other games, it was the one with the least goals I picked. Yeah, a single goal game. What's that about this weekend? Um, let's maybe talk about the the. Let, let's get the, the, the bad stuff out of the way. Erica Burke will be joining us to talk about that game, that penalty call. I know a lot of debate uh, on Twitter over the weekend about whether it was a penalty, whether it wasn't. I know we differ maybe on whether on what we see it, which is going to lend maybe to a bit of debate when we take sides when Erica comes to join us later on in the programme. But another thing that caused a lot of contention, I got a lot of stick on Twitter over the weekend about um, my views on maybe the standard of the, the competition and the structure of the competition, because we saw some enormous mismatches, an aggregate score of 30 nil between the Women's National League sides and the, and the, the qualifiers from the Intermediate Cup. And that's three of the games because one didn't even happen Um it's a bit of a concern, surely, for the integrity of, of that competition and and and, and how, because like, nobody, could, no, I don't think anybody really benefited from that. I know some of the, the non-league teams contacted me to say that they quite enjoyed the day, even though they didn't beat them with seven nil or whatever on the day. But your thoughts? Do you know what? It's tough because you see how non-league sides have had a bit of success in the couple of the previous years. The Shelburne under eighteen side that we talked about a little bit last week. You look at other teams that have had wins and. And then you, when you see this, you know, PML 3 nil up after 10 minutes, 8 nil up at half time, your only concern then is, is how many they're going to score. It's not even if if English will get one back or then you look at Whitehall. That was probably the game we said if anybody were going to get a, sh- a bit of a sniff of results, that might be one. But Athlone are obviously the form they're in. And Cork City putting seven past Bonagee. Fair play to Bonagee travelling, considering they could have easily done what happened with Douglas Hall and pulled out. But... Well, that's not fair, Douglas Hall either, because my understanding is there was an ill, there was an illness within the squad, and given the current circumstances, it could be something other than just a desire not to get beaten. To be fair to them, yeah. What was said to was said to me is players just pulled out on Friday, and but for me, I think realistically, you know, if it's COVID, you should come out and say it's COVID. But my my biggest thing was is with Garden Douglas Hall, as they were tweeting about James Kabir all weekend and stuff like that. They haven't once they haven't addressed the situation. That's my biggest concern. Is I'd like to see them come out and address it because they got absolutely sl- they got slated for it and probably rightly so you'd like to see them come out and just say listen public and say listen this is what happened this is why we couldn't like when they tell the FAI we couldn't feel the team 
they don't mean the FAIs don't mention COVID, so they don't give us any any backfire. And the problem is, is when you people in Cork itself saying that they should the book should be thrown at them, they should potentially be looked at, even put put out the intermediate cup final because of it, because that's how you qualify. It's a tough, it's a tough one. And I just think I'd like in the club to come out and you know publicly say something and just say, listen, we couldn't, we apologize. I think the timing was was poor, especially considering they'd played a league game in Cork on either Wednesday or Thursday night. So they fulfilled the fixture early, a day or two earlier, and then it gets pulled. That's what sort of disappoints me the most. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I do honestly believe, and I'm not trying to defend their actions. I, I don't really think they're defensible. I think no matter what the standard is, if you're in a competition and you're given a fixture, you show up, you fulfill the fixture. If you get beat 16-0, like what happened, one of the teams at the weekend... Uh, you keep battling till the end and, and you hold up your head up high when you're leaving the pitch. You might be disappointed. You might be gutted. You might hold a little cry to yourself, but you fulfill the fixture. It's a sporting event. You can only play what's put in front of you, good or bad. But I think to say they should be kicked out of the Intermediate Cup final, I don't think so. I, I think they're two separate competitions. You couldn't impose one penalty and one that carries into the other. I don't think that would be fair. However, that being said, I do feel that um, maybe with, with Douglas Hall that they would have been better off Maybe for film fixture, I don't know. It, it's uh, it is what it is. I think we may have lost Aaron. His uh, his audio seems to have dropped, and he's uh, frozen on there a second. But he'll be back with us in a couple of minutes' time. But as well as that, of course, there were a whole host of games over the weekend in, in that cup. Five games in total played in the first round. Of course, Wexford and Shells, by virtue of being finalists in last year's competition, they managed to. Uh, I'm going to actually just take him off camera for one second. But um, by virtue of last year's competition being finalists, they. They, um, they managed to get the whole way to the second round automatically. Uh, they joined all the other sides in the draw this week. We will go through the full draw with you later. We might hold on until Eric is with us. And we can actually have that kind of conversation about how she is. They face a home tie against Sligo Rovers in that particular round of the competition. And in terms of uh, the actual draw as it finishes up over the, the course of the next couple of days, um, the draw was done on, on I think Tuesday morning uh, at Lone Town versus Cork City. Bohemians versus Sligo Rovers, Wexford Youth versus DLR Waves, and I think the tie of the round, Shells and Piedmont will face each other in that quarter final. Uh, one of the big guns in, I suppose, the league over the last three or four years, likely to be ruled out of uh, contention uh, in the next round of games. But I think there's a great opportunity there for some of the teams that have been uh, maybe not quite able to get their seasons up and running as they would like yet this year. Uh, Cork City will be relatively happy with the draw to Athlone are away to Athlone, but at the same time, it's a, it's a daunting task for them. Athlone are really on fire this season, uh, while Bowes and Sligo, probably the second most competitive game, um, I feel, that this round, they've, they've had a couple of good clashes in recent weeks, uh, 2-1 win. We're going to talk to Erica Burke about that later on when she joins us in the programme. Uh, while Wexford Youth and DLR, well, they've had a couple of cracks off each other already this year, and they'll be more than, more than happy to get through that. Unfortunately, Aaron, uh, just having a few technical issues at the moment, we will come back to them in just a couple of minutes, but maybe let's have a quick rundown through some of the results of the weekend. We mentioned the 16-0 will win for Piedmont United at the weekend. That was uh, over Finglas United, one of the, the mid-table sides in the Dublin League and Eastern uh, League, Women's League. And I don't think anyone saw it coming, but three blisteringly quick goals for the for them in that early exchange. And they were uh, they were basically um Blown away in the first 10 minutes. And Aaron joins us again. Now, Aaron, you're very welcome back. A couple of technical issues, but you're back with us now. Your battery died or something. Yeah, I've had to swap the swap technology, but apologies about that. 
no, no problem at all. Just we'll completely on me for, for some strange reason. Well, that is but the joy. Just of in terms, of, I get what you're saying in terms. <laughs> I yeah, get what well, you're saying in terms of them being two separate competitions, and I understand that. You know, I think realistically, probably what will happen is we suspect they may get a ban from the from the FAI from the Senior Cup, and then before you know, be get a, a fine imposed on them. Probably that's what will happen. But it's it's it's. A, no, I think we because nobody wants to see that happening in this in the league. But I think for me, the, when we go back to that yeah, whole discussion, yeah, no, absolutely. We go back to that whole discussion again. I think, I think for me, you have to call into question. I know it's probably inherited from the men's version of the cup, where the intermediate semi-finalists and even the junior teams qualified. Actually, I think it's the last sixteen and the intermediate championship come in. The juniors uh, come in then as well. Uh, the four top four in the junior for twenty non-league sides in the men's. But I think the gap in standards between senior, intermediate, and junior in men's football is an awful lot smaller than senior intermediate in this case in women's football i just don't think the the, the structures are the same when you get down i got a lot of stick for saying this on twitter the other day it wasn't meant at any particular club i just think it's the reality it's a local team with local players you can't compete against a it's essentially a provincial club We are having issues with Aaron's audio there, so uh, he might uh, just drop out and we come back to him in a couple of minutes' time. So apologies about the technical stuff. Can't really help it when we try and get this live to you uh, in the next couple of minutes. But yeah, some uh, big games in, in uh, 3D United. Three hat-tricks there. Uh, actually, two hat-tricks there, should I say, in that particular game. Alana McAvoy had four goals and Onyo Gorman with three. Uh, there was a couple of OGs in there as well. Saif Doyle hit a a fantastic goal. Um, it was just non-stop for Piemont. In terms of the game of the weekend, Emily Cormett with a hat-trick there for three for Athlone, while Rushi Malloy, Gillian Keenan, Kelly Brennan and Kaylee Shine also chipped in with a goal each, but they just kept the, the scoreboard ticking over. And it was almost score for score minute for minute watching the two games. Cork City, uh, 7-0 winners against Bonaghi United. Lawrence Singleton, seven scores on the, on the score sheet for them. Christina Drang, Avian Donnelly, uh, all in the first half, while Chloe Atkinson, Ava Mangan, Sarah Foley, and Laura Shine popped up with the seventh goal in that particular game. But now, third time lucky, Aaron is back with us. Aaron, Ho- hopefully, hopefully, this is the last of it. Hurrah, we're awesome. back. Uh, let, let, yeah, we, we were, we'll jump back to the conversation. We're kind of jumping all over the place today. But uh, talk to us about the, uh, your thoughts on that because I think for me, the standard is just not, you can't equate the two. It's like apples and oranges, they're not even, they're not the same thing. The gap was massive, and I think COVID made the gap even bigger. That's the problem, and I think unless there's something intermediate way, intermediate way to, to bridge it, it's probably going to continue to get bigger. Like it's 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 unfortunate. Maybe is it a case of how do you how do you justify it in terms of you want them in the cup? Is you want them in the cup? I think there's there, there's value to be added in the cup with having the non-league sides there, but you don't want to see it. Like a couple of years ago, we seen Manola being beaten seventy and won by. By Wexford Youth as well, and that was a you know that was a horrible result as well. And I think it's about bridging a bridging a, a fine gap. I I think I can't see it being closed again anytime soon. If anything, I think it'll probably get bigger. I um, saw I saw a really good suggestion on social media over the weekend, and I can't remember who it came from. So apologies for not giving you the credit for your idea, but it was that there would be a split before the draw in the in the National League. So when maybe the first half of the National League takes place, the first round or maybe the first two rounds of games. The top six qualify for round three, 
and the other four would go into round one with the four non-league sites. And they play and they, and they played each other down to two teams who joined the six for the quarterfinals. And it just felt that seems kind of fair. The non-league sides are gonna up be up against maybe the lower tier, and no disrespect to anyone who might be in that, but the lower tier or the underperforming sides that season, they can have a crack at them. And if they're good enough to beat one of them, then they deserve a crack at a bigger team in the next round or, or the third round. And it just it, it creates a kind of a, a place for for that kind of experience to happen without the risk of going out and facing a, a P-mount or a international a t- team stacked with international experience. What we used to have is we used to have a, a case where there was only nine teams in the National League where the top four from the league the, pre- the eight previous year would qualify automatically into the quarterfinals and then the top five and, you know, you play off down that way. But I think you're right. I think it's a good suggestion. I think it's it's important to strike that balance because you look at the only the only really game that was competitive at the weekend was the Galway and Bowes game. You know, treaty run out comfortable treaty uh, DLR run out comfortable winners against Treaty Cork run out comfortable winners. But I think the biggest talking point is, is is the aggregate and that's probably what everybody's looking back on. And I think you're right in what you're saying. Some non league sides probably did have a good day out. You think I, I think Bonaghy United they stopped in Waterford the night before trained in Waterford and then then went down to Cork and just shows you they do take the competition seriously as well, and they look at it as an opportunity. But like, it's it's tough, and like it's never nice seeing high cricket scores. But the problem is, is you also see it in the English FA Cup in the early rounds when the when the WSL sides first come in, when the non-league sides in there, and there's things like that. So it's it's a hard one to strike to strike a good balance on. Yeah, no, it's it's a tough one. Any particular highlights over the weekend? I know we didn't get to see the the Whitehall game against Athlone. We didn't see any of those seven goals, but the rest were all available on LOI TV. Any particular strikes uh, take your fancy? Um, there was a couple. There was a couple. Um, Kate Mooney's goal was nice. Kate Mooney's goal was nice. Some of the the DLR goals were were nice. I think I read Kate Mooney scored a, a record quickest goal for DLR for DLR waves, which is. Which is oh, superb, Kate. Ten seconds, right in, ten seconds, wasn't it? In the ter- first thirty, anyway, you know, it's, oh, yeah, superb it's, it's crazy. It's crazy quick, yeah. And that's that. Uh, for me, that was probably one of one of the standouts and some of the goals. Piedmont did score some nice goals in, fern- in fairness to them, and you know, Cork picked up a couple a couple of good ones as well. But I'm just just looking forward to now, you know, the Mount Warren ties that have come out of the next round of the cup. I think there's some absolutely peach of peach of a ties and. Something, something to really look forward to. Yeah, some really good opportunities there for t- teams to progress. But one game where there was a bit of a shortage of goals. It took all of 108 minutes, I think, for anyone to find the back of the net. And that was, of course, at Daily Mount, where Bohemians uh, emerged victorious after a, a late, late penalty. Uh, we'll have a chat about what we think about the decision in a minute. I know it caused consternation online. Uh, but the scorer of that penalty, who was not involved in the incident at all, up to that, but dispatched the resultant penalty was Erica Burke, and she joins us now. Uh, Erica, um, causing controversy wherever you go this weather, it seems. Brefney, you're just breaking up a bit there. I can't really hear you. <laughs> uh, you just, we're just uh, talking about the penalty decision the other day, but uh, talk to us about the game at the weekend. Uh, first of all, you're welcome to the show, uh, but talk to us about the game and, and how it went from your point of view. Yeah, it was a really tough game. It always is against Galway. Um, last year, I think they beat us once, and we drew against them. We could ne- we could never seem to win. So it was it was a really tough game. We knew it would be, but we were just delighted to get the win. 
Yeah, I think. No, I was just going to follow up on that in terms of that because it's it's funny. Like you look at Bowes, Bowes this year, like they're getting some wins against teams where they, they just struggle to get over the line against them. And like I think, and if you look at the league form, they've only conceded fifteen goals so far this season, which is a lot less than they have conceded. And I think that's probably where their foundations have started. And I think Saturday you've probably seen it because there was those periods where Galway peppered the the, the Bowes goal, but they hit the crossbar as well and. But Bowes just stood tall, and that was probably the, the most impressive thing about it. Yes, um, like having Rachel there in goals is massive. She's really, you know, between her and Courtney, it's neck and neck who gets the who gets picked every week. But she really is top class. And then we have Lisa. I mean, Lisa and Izzy. You know, it's very hard to get past them, and they really demand the best of the midfielders and also up front to help the team in the defence. So I do think we're our defence is very, very strong. And that's yeah, the one thing that Sean focuses on is, you know, we, we need to be a good defensive team and then focus on the attack. Yeah, there's a few little gremlins in the in the, the works here tonight. Unfortunately, um, Erica, we can hear you perfectly, but there's a bit of a lap. So we might ask if you wouldn't mind just reconnecting. And we'll come back to you in a couple of seconds. Yeah, uh, no so We'll come back to Eric in two seconds just to kind of pick that up because uh, there's a bit of a lapse there in the background. But uh, Aaron, you were at the game at the weekend. Your thoughts uh, on the performance from Bowes? Defensively solid. And, uh, you know, I've watched them multiple times this season. They've always been solid. I think probably still need a little bit more up the up the front end. Rebecca Cook come back into the side. Haven't been, haven't been absent for the last couple of weeks. I think added a good bit. I think that the biggest thing for them is, is that you can see that they're starting to play the way the way the management want them to play. It's taken a bit of time for them to get to get get to that structure. And I think when they go when they go forward, they get they do try and get some good balls into the box. I think probably just a little bit uh, killer edge at the top is is what's maybe holding them back a tiny bit. But definitely a massive improvement from the Galway side from a Galway standpoint. Galway feel that they could have had the game dead and buried with the chances they did have. They just didn't take any of them and. That, I think that'll be the most disappointing thing for Alan Murphy is that his side didn't take the chances that, that, that presented themselves. Bit of a strange one for me was the the fact that um Abby Callanan was left on the bench until just either just camera was just before or just after the goal happened for 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 Bowes, which was quite surprising considering Callanan had, had really lit the league up last season. I know she was away for with with studies and stuff like that. And then Jenna Slattery not starting as well for, for Galway with Emma Starr missing. It was Bit of a, a bit of a strange one in terms of setup from Galway. I just thought compared to the Shelburne performance, maybe they just lacked that little bit of a killer edge that they had in the last half hour when I seen them against Shelburne. Yeah, we're gonna go back to Erica. Hopefully we fix the gremlins in the system. Erica, are you with us slightly? Yeah, perfect. We can hear you. Yeah. Welcome back. Um so, yeah, just uh, we were just chatting about the game in general, but I suppose from your point of view, um Aaron was just saying how it kind of it wasn't much of a game to watch from a neutral point of view, but it's it's kind of uh, ended in, in a load of controversy. You got the penalty, you got the win and score, but it was the build-up to the award of that penalty seemed to have kicked a lot of people off over the weekend. Your thoughts on the in the incident? Stonewall penalty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I knew I was in for a fight today. Well, um, but it's, it's, talk, us through, talk us through it from your point of view, because obviously it was at your end of the pitch, so you would have had the yeah. best probably, much better view than we had at least. Yeah, well, I actually 
couldn't remember. I had to ask one of the girls afterwards what actually happened for the penalty because I genuinely could not remember the actual incident itself. But I watched I, it back. Go, go away, couldn't either, so it's grand. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I watched it back. I've watched it a few times. Um, I think I... <laughs> so we're gonna get you in trouble with half the league either way. I tell you what, Brefney, Brefney, I'll answer, I'll answer yeah, this question. You, you, you right? yeah, so initially, initially, I thought it was a penalty straight away. Then I watch it back and think, mm, no, it's not. But the one thing I'm gonna say, and, and this is gonna get me crucified, and I, I don't care because I think it has to be said. The amount of times that I've watched Bowers and they haven't actually got luck. Like you look at last time, last season, there was offside goals that were given against them and no luck had come their way. It's probably the first time they've got a bit of luck in a game of any significance. And, you know, you wouldn't begrudge them on that situation for the fact that, look look at the goal against Shelburne, probably offside last year from Pearl Slattery. Mm-hmm. Then they one or two in Daily Mount that was clearly offside where you, you look back on video. So for me, they got a bit of luck and I, I think... We also have to talk about the fact of the Finnish America because I think it took a lot of composure to, to parry it into the roof of the net so late on, especially having been an extra time. Yeah, I have had the uh, the pleasure of working with Abigail Ronan in, in a previous life with, in Sligo Rovers when she was uh, under 17. And um, I, I felt sorry for I think I think we'll agree on the fact that it was a very lucky penalty. How about that? And we, we'll, we'll agree not to fall out over it. But I just yeah. felt, very, I felt very hard on, on the girl and just... The, the nature of it so late in the game, it just it just didn't seem right. I personally didn't think it was a, even a close to a bit of penalty, but it is what it is. We won't go back to you, Erica. We won't get you a suspension or get you in trouble. <laughs> we'll take that hit for you. Let's talk maybe with the previous week. You played against Sligo Rose, uh, opened the score on that day, ended up with a 2-1 win, uh, but a really good cut-and-trust league game, good competitive match. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that was another game that was end-to-end. Um, and yeah, it was gr- like it's just brilliant to win, especially in Daily Mount, because I think it encourages more people to come. We've been getting great crowds at the games, and um, particularly that Sligo game, actually, there was a great crowd. So, yeah, um, Robbo did great to get on the end of the, the cross for the second goal. Um, but Sligo are again, they're you know, they have a lot of GAA girls in that team, and they're very tough, very physically strong. Um, so they're always a tough team to come up against, but yeah. Again, we're just delighted to win. It's great to be getting these wins because that's really the hurdle that we couldn't get over last season. We drew a lot of games, but we failed to win consistently, and now we're starting to do that, which is great. I love how you don't mention you don't mention the actual peach of a goal you scored in that Sligo game from from the Lisa Murphy delivery. Uh, you just let it bounce, but you you don't mention it. it's ever modest. <laughs> oh no, no, it was an unbelievable ball in from Lisa. I think we tried a few up to that point that hadn't worked out. So it was it was about time that that one worked out. And yeah, no, I, I couldn't believe when the ball kind of fell to my feet. So yeah, I was I was very happy with that. Yeah. You mentioned there's a lot of GA girls in Sligo, but of course it's a heritage you share yourself with with some of those girls. Uh, well established in Kildare ladies football circles, one in all Ireland intermediate back a couple of years ago now but um tell us a bit about kind of growing up and and, and how you ended up in Dalymount there's a fairly strange <laughs> journey from from the, the Gaelic football pitches of your youth to Dalymount Park can you tell us how that kind of happened yeah well soccer has kind of always been my first love really even though I never played it um up until a couple of years ago it was, you know, at, at school and the second I got home from school, I was out playing football with my brother. 
Um, so, um, yeah, I, I played Gaelic since I was five, I think. Um, and I was with the Calera Seniors then since I was 16. Um, and I've obviously committed my whole sporting career to Calera. Um, but yeah, last, the year before last, oh, sorry. Yeah, it was last year. Um, was my first year with the with the Women's National League. Um, I played a few games for Kinnegad Juniors before that. Um, that was great. It was a great introduction to soccer. And yeah, then um, the kind of mad story that you're referring to, I, I think I know what you're talking about, Prefney. It's uh, I went, I used Johnstown Bridge Gym um, quite a lot when I was living back home. And the they uh, the Irish team, the under-21s, um, the men use that as their training base a lot of the time and I saw them all in their their Irish tracksuits um, and I just approached one of the the coaches uh, well he's a video analyst I think uh, Gary Seary and um, he works with the FAI and I just asked him if he'd have any, any idea how to get involved I suppose I just believed that I could even you know give it a go and um, believe that I would have something to offer at that level and I asked him how to how to get involved and he said um he gave me James Callahan's number from Piedmont so I contacted James and uh went he invited me up to one of the sessions um and that was the yeah that was the end of the the Piedmont journey anyway he told me James told me to uh, <laughs> I, I was very happy with that with that session I, I scored one right in the top corner but uh, I, he said to, to go and put myself in, on the shop window, where it was his words. Um, so, yeah, I, I contacted Bo's then on Twitter, um, asked them if I could, if they were doing any trials. And they invited me up for training yeah, last March, last February or last March, yeah. We know James watches the show, by the way. So if you've anyone to say to him, now's your opportunity. Yeah, briefly, just on, briefly, just on. I remember getting a phone. I, I remember getting a phone call because I'm good friends with the boss coach and staff, and I remember getting a phone call, being like, "Had I heard of Eric and you know what was like?" And I was like, "Well, listen, if she's if she's got the elite background in in, in Gaelic football, I was like, what's the worst? What the worst thing you know? Have a look." And I think I remember being told after a couple of week couple of weeks, being like, "I think we found a bit of a rough diamond here," and I think. I, I think the likes of Paul Usher probably took a lot of enjoyment out of helping you get along and get get the early basic, get the early things going. And I think you seem to settle in quite quite a lot. I think the one thing defenders hated was the fact that you weren't afraid to use the physicality from the Gaelic football background. Yeah, I like I've a, I basically owe everything so far to Paul Usher and Sean and and Pat and Derek, all the lads at Bowes, like um, Usher especially myself and him did half an hour 40 minutes before every training session um just working on the basics on football feet as he calls it um because you know that was there is there is a lot of transferable skills between Gaelic and soccer but there's also a lot of differences um and even though I'd played soccer with the lads in school and with my brother and everything I didn't have a lot of the basics down so that was, you know, getting the simple things was massive for me. Um, and I really feel like it it helped me a lot to to bed down my place in the team. So, yeah, Paul Usher has been huge, huge influence. And Sean, obviously, as well. He's he's just brilliant. He's, his soccer brain is unbelievable. 
it takes some confidence though to walk up to a national team official and say, I want to play, but I just don't want to just play for the local team. I want to go in at the top. I want to go to the team in the Champions League. Like what you you must have this just innate confidence in not in yourself and your own abilities in sport to kind of go, no, I know I can do this. And then to actually follow through on that is, is super impressive. Yeah, I think that there, there's always like a little bit of doubt, but even when there's a bit of doubt, I'll still go and do it anyway if I feel like I'd regret not doing it. Um, and definitely like soccer, I just, there was no way that I wasn't going to go for it. Like my dream has always been to play for Ireland, even when I didn't even play soccer, do you know? So um, like I, there was no way that I was, I was never going to do it. It was just a matter of time really. And yeah, I suppose I must have been feeling pretty brave on that day, but uh yeah, I've no regrets anyway. And I suppose just to continue that point, I do know maybe 10, 15, even 20 years ago, the idea that a girl would come up from outside of the, the major soccer strongholds, maybe find this sport at university and be in an Irish under 19 or even a senior camp inside six or 12 months, it wasn't that uncommon. It happened maybe once every year or two in the mid-noughties. Mid but to be four or five years older than that group, and again, to be out of college, to be kind of in your early to mid twenties and, and taking that step into the, the elite level of the sport is it, it, like, what was going through your mind the first time you went out? Cause you only played a handful of games yourself. Yeah. Well, I remember my, our Calair captain, Grace, she uh, drove me up to the first training session. Cause I was, I was really, really nervous. Like I didn't, I did, had no clue what to expect at all. And um, so for, yeah, for those first few training sessions, I was extremely nervous, but they went well. And then in the in the first couple of matches, um, I scored on my debut, so that kind of settled me settled me into it. Um, it was on it was a tap in, it was an easy tap in, but yeah. So I I don't know. I think the extra work that I was doing with Paul really did help my confidence. Um, you know, we did a lot of finishing work, and um, yeah. So I I think. It, it did I, I don't know I feel, I feel like I settled in pretty quick um I don't know whether that's just kind of you have to do it or I don't know what it is but yeah I, I felt comfortable there at Bowes from the start for sure am I right in saying that was against Trady was that the opening day of the season 7-0 or something like that a big score um, no I didn't I didn't play that game I start uh, against Cork against Cork yeah yeah, I was actually Breffney was actually there for the for our first women's national league. Oh, believe it or not, I was I was actually at the game, and you know the thing is about it was was, was you could see how much it even meant at the time, Eric, because as Breffney says, going into a new environment, I think it sort of took a bit of shackles off you as well because you know you went and you got a couple of goals, then a couple of games, a couple of games later you continue to just go step on step from step and just move on from there and. If we look at you from now to where you were then, how would you how would you assess Erica Burke the footballer then to Erica Burke the footballer now? I think that like when I started with Bose, I didn't know how much I didn't know, if you get me. Um I, I had obviously I had huge belief in myself, but to 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 get a a, play, a starting place in this Bose team constantly I had to change a lot and um, you know tactically I had to learn so much Um, I think that's the, probably the main thing was is tactics wise I, I do think I've, I've learned so much from the lads and 
I think I'm a more rounded player now. Um, I've always found, like, I've always been a decent finisher and everything like that, but from tactics and uh, physicality-wise and everything, yeah, I think I'm a more rounded player. My main concern, my main question now is for your, your teammate in Kildare, the, the captain, Grace, who uh, you've you've just outed as being the person who drove you away from Kildare. To uh, <laughs> is she going to get a suspension back in Kildare now for that? <laughs> no, they're very they're very supportive. They always have been. You know, they 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 support anyone that wants to go up and, and follow their dreams. So, um, no, I'm I'd still still involved with Kildare whenever I can be. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate this year I went back to them and then ended up getting injured. So. I missed out, but uh, no, the, the Kildare girls are great. They're very supportive, so hopefully Grace won't get in trouble. Treat, <laughs> Aaron, you, you want to jump in? Or? No, go on, go ahead if you want to uh, go. I was just going to say, obviously, that brings us to kind of this weekend and and the game against Treaty, who, who have struggled this season. It's a chance maybe um, to, for teams to get an opportunity to, to, to try out new things. Maybe have got a few players as well. Um but without getting complacent, I know we spoke off air about it and you were saying that you couldn't mm -hmm. get complacent, but what's your, how do you approach a game from that when you're on a good run of form, you're scoring in the last couple of games and things are starting to pick up both for you and the team and you're, you're looking to keep building on that momentum? Yeah, well, you, you know, if, if we were to go into this weekend with any sort of mindset other than the mindset that we've gone into the last few games, I... I I, don't, I think we'd come out with, with a loss or a draw because, you know, we went into the Cork game a couple of months back like that and Cork beat us. Um, so, I, you know, we, we had been on the back of a good couple of results that going into that game and Cork ended up be beating us. So I do think it's very important to have the same mindset that we've had the last few weeks. You know, we've three, three wins in a row now. We want to make it four. Um, and yeah, we, we're hoping to come out of this weekend with a good result, but you have to show every team the respect they deserve. Yeah, well, listen, thank you so much for joining us. The very best of luck to you for the rest of the season. And you never know uh, how things will finish. Wouldn't it be lovely to see you in a green jersey in the next couple of seasons? Just to put that little full stop at the end of that particular story. Uh, Erica, thanks so much for joining us. I hope Grace Clifford is still talking to you uh, when you get home after, after getting her in trouble with the OG. And James Callahan. <laughs> yeah. You don't really care about James, to be fair. Um, but but it's, uh, you, you'd be quite happy to put one in the back of the Piedmont later on in the season as well. Uh, listen, Erica, thanks for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to chat to you. And the best of luck. Thanks very much, lads. Cheers. Oh, I cut her off a little bit too early, but thank you there, for Erica, for coming on. Um, fantastic story about how literally you come from not, not having kicked a football competitively, really, other than a handful of games uh, as, a, as a juvenile. Um, into a national league and, and kind of making an impact and be part of a, a really, really good, uh, growing and progressing Bohemian side this season. Absolutely. And I think when, you know, when she first came into, we could see she had potential. And like the, the guys to, to talk about the work that Paulo should have done with her and, and, and she spoke for herself. And like to see the improvement she's made for Ethne over the space of time, you probably wouldn't have expected it. I think she may have been further ahead if she hadn't had the foot injury that she had earlier in the season as well. Probably knocked her back a little bit. But the fact that she talked about Boas going for a third consecutive win in all competitions, like they haven't they haven't done that in the, in the National League beforehand. So this is the first time that they've managed to put a bit of a run run down ahead. And I think the win against the likes of P Mount, the draw against P Mount, the running shells close at the start of the season, running wets were close. That sort of, I think, kicked them on another little bit. And if they can get a couple of the injured players back, the likes of Katie Bird is Kieran Marr, 
Sinead Taylor's obviously going to be a bit away. But if they can get them back, they're, they're three starters who will, who, will, who will definitely add, add to them. And if they can add some players in the window as well, there's no reason why they couldn't push on in the second half of the season. Yeah, no, I, I fancy Bowes to really push on. Uh, haven't quite done it, but they're on the edge of it. And I really think a little bit of form we're seeing from them. Another win this weekend, if they were able to, I suppose, go with form, to be fair, uh, and take the three points uh, from that clash with Treaty, it starts building that. That's three wins on the bounce. And uh, as um, Erica said off air before she came on, they've got three wins on the bounce in Daily Mount now. And, and that kind of belief that they can go out and win every week is important. We saw how Athlone benefited from that early on in the season. So the very best look to Bose and to Erica and her teammates over the next couple of weeks. Moving on, I suppose, this weekend, we have talked at length about that fixture between uh, Bohemians and Treaty, but there's another set of fixtures as well. Sligo Rovers, they make up for not having a game last weekend. They play Athlone. A couple of Sligo girls, former Sligo players involved in the Athlone side, DLR Waves, uh, they face Wexford Utes in a, a practice run for the Cup Clash while Bose and Treaty they also meet in Daily Mount at 2 p.m. P Mountain Shells, another practice run for a cup game, five o'clock on Saturday afternoon, while Galway Women's FC and Cork, they will do battle at 6 p.m. Anything stand out there to you, Aaron? The obvious one is P Mountain Shelburne. You know, that is the obvious one. The fact that Shelburne have lost Chloe Mustaki, Jess, Jess Sue, Gloria Douglas, and Sersha Noonan. You know, that they're four, four quality players. They'll probably rely a little bit more on the likes of Gemma Quinn up top. No, probably hasn't relied on her as much. Scored a hatchet against Treaty. Physical could could be interesting if she starts up top, how she gets on. I think from a P-Man point of view, James O'Callaghan, I remember listening to him after the, the, the game against uh, DLR, and he started saying, let the, they need to let the shackles go. If they play with shackles at the weekend, Shells could cripple them, and I think he'll want them just to go out and have a bit of fun and express themselves. The DLR and Wexford game is an in, interesting for the fact that Wexford, Wexford, Wexford are looking to try and keep that pressure on Shelburne. If they, if they drop points and P Mount drop points, Athlone could go up in the second place. So Athlone will be watching, watching over the show, watching over the shoulder. I think yeah, Sligo won't be, it won't be an easy game for them. Uh, the Athlone in, in Sligo, the fact that Sligo or Sligo are making improvements. I think it was they were a little bit unlucky with the with the goal they conceded against the Erica Burke in particular. I think it was just a nice finish, but the second one probably is preventable. And I think. If they'd have left the uh, balls with a draw, they'd have been absolutely buzzing off the back of that. So they'd be looking to sort of make up for that. I think yeah. it's it's going to be a, a good weekend of fixtures. Uh, Danny Murphy's already talking about he's seen improvements from his side. So Cork can push on again. Emma Starr not involved in the the Galway side as well. Big loss, big loss for them. And I think that's one that could either, could probably go either way. Absolutely. Taking a look at the league table, of course, Shells comfortably on top of the table after 15 games. Of course, 27 games in this season's campaign. So 12 games left for every single club. Shells, seven-point gap. I think it's fair to say if they do win against Piemont at the weekend, that is probably any hope that Piemont have of a league title gone up in smoke. There'd be 13 points with only 11 games left on the on the calendar. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think you're 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 right there. But the only thing is if if it goes the other way, they still have to play P Mount again. They still have to play Wexford again. So it's all plus they won't want to play the likes of Athlone. So it's all it's all to play for. And I think the fact that they've got a, a shells and shells have got a run of games where they're gonna have to play that game before the Champions League against Bowes coming up as well on a midweek. So they'll be just looking to try and get a little bit of consistency going into the Champions League. Where for P Mount, I think the fingers result while while the scoreline wasn't great from a fingers point of view, I think P Mount We'll still take a bit of confidence from scoring 16 goals and 
they look to try and put in another performance, especially in PRL Park, where they beat Shelburne 5-0 last year. Yeah, and of course, if you take a look at the top scorers in the league table, 16 goals so far for Onyo Gorman, 15 for Emily Corbett, 11 for Stephanie Roach, El Malloy in fourth place on 10 with uh, Noel Murray, Saif Doyle and a handful of players on seven points, uh, seven goals there as well, Kylie Murphy and Abel Brearley amongst them. Um, it's going to be an interesting uh, weekend, I think, Aaron, no matter where people end up going for a game and having a watch, whether it's in person or at LOITV.ie, where all the games, of course, are streamed every week. But do get, take a chance if you can and get along to a game and support your local side and whoever you're cheering on. Hopefully it all goes well from the weekend. Aaron, the Gremlins were all over the place today, so we're going to cut it short in case they come back and make another reappearance. You can't make them wet too much after midnight, isn't that it, with the Gremlins? So they just multiply. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. We, absolutely. We'll run, we'll run quickly before ending house breaks. <laughs> I'm, I'm showing my age there. Half the, half the audience are going, what are the Gremlins? All right, Aaron, it's been a pleasure. To Erica Burke, who joined us for a chat about her unorthodox journey to the Women's National League and the Women's FAI Cup match-winning status over the last couple of days. Um, we've been, obviously, the Women's National League podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. From Aaron Clark and myself, Bethany Early, uh, we'll be back with you again next week. Talk to you then.